So good afternoon, everybody. It's a delight to be with you all again. Uh, here is another episode of Taking the Fear Out of Cancer. And today I'm delighted to welcome my, my guest, Devin Vanderson. Devin is a leadership coach, author, and speaker. And we connected over Facebook a few weeks ago. And I think he's got a unique take on life and his own experience of cancer. So Devin, hi, great to have you with me. Hey, Maureen, great to be with you. I'm excited about uh, today's interview. Cool. So you call your cancer, your something and nothing experience. Yeah. Do you want to unpack that and just share your, what actually occurred for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and before I share it, I just want to acknowledge you for this show. I think that taking the fear out of cancer is really, uh, I love the message behind it because there is a lot of um, heaviness around just the word cancer and fear that comes in. So I just think that you're doing some great work out here in the world. So I want to acknowledge you. And um, thank you. That's appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome. And yeah, so how it came, it was interesting how I, I created it as a something, nothing. Uh, a little about my story. You know, I'm, I'm relatively healthy, relatively young. I had no signs of anything going on. Uh, just went to a routine doctor check and um, he was checking, uh, just doing my normal check. And he said, uh, called me a couple days later and said, hey, we see this thing in your gallbladder. It looks like some polyps. I want you to get, you know, an MRI. So uh, we went to get an MRI and, you know, I, you know, Maureen, what's funny is I, as much, as far as we've come in technology, there has to be a better way to scan the inside of your body than to put metal in your body, call it a contrast and then take pictures. But whatever, I had to do that. That's what we did. Um, and the MRI came back a couple days later and the doctor called me and said, Hey, look, so the good news is we don't, the, the polyps in your gallbladder is fine yet. We see this little thing in your kidney and I want you to send you to the kidney guy. So he says, this is the best guy probably in the country. He's in New York. Uh, I want you to see him. So I said, no problem. I go see the kidney guy and we walk into the room. And the kidney guy, Maureen, is like this nerdy guy with a tie. Um, and he walks in, but he has what we call in New York some swagger, right? So he walks in and you could tell, like, even though he's the nerdy guy with the tie, he's like, if something's wrong, you want this guy in your life. He just, he just felt like he knew what he was going on, what was going on. So, so he sits down and he says, uh, he sits down, crosses his leg and says, hey, Devin, he said, how can I help you? And, you know, I'm a coach, right? So I love great questions. Like for me, the best coaches don't really have all the answers. They ask the best questions. So I look at the doc and I say, doc, I love that question. That is a brilliant question. I said, there's two ways I figured you can help me. I said, the first way is you tell me you looked at the kidney. There's nothing wrong. I'll go on my way and I'll send you a copy of my book. You'll never see me again. The second way you can help me is, you tell me something is wrong, you're gonna show me how it's gonna get right, and I'll bring you a copy of my book. So he laughed and he said, well, Devin, it's gonna be the second thing. He said, and you'll be all right. He said, what we have in your kidney is a cancerous tumor and we have to get it out. And what's interesting, Maureen, is, you know, I think that I have a saying that how you do anything is how you do everything. And up until that point, I've had a, a practice, right? A daily routine, a practice, a spiritual practice, a morning routine that allows me to come out and be present in the world, right? And, and it was funny because when he said those words, 
um, I stayed present. I didn't get into a future. And, and I realized that, you know, Byron Katie says that the only suffering is when you get into a future or a past, right? So there wasn't fear that struck me at that moment. I just stayed present in who I was being. And then I said to the doctor, okay, doc, then what do we need to do? And he said, well, we're going to have to schedule a surgery to remove it. And, that, and that's how it started. Um, now, of course, when I left, I wasn't always present, right? There were some moments where I got into a future. And my only suffering really came, Maureen, when I got into a future and then I attached my kids, right? What if I die and what is going to happen to the kids? Suffering started. So it was a continual practice of getting back into the present uh, and, and just realizing my, how my thoughts are playing myself out here. A couple week, uh, about a week later, I'm sitting down with a colleague and she's on the phone with a friend and I'm, I'm telling her about it. And she mentions these two words called a something nothing. And I, and I just, it just clicked for me. Like this is, it, this made sense because what I didn't want to do is I knew that for me to have a successful surgery, I couldn't have people around me who heard the cancer word and was doom and gloom or fearful. And so for me, I'm a big believer that our words create our world. Like your, your reality of the world is created by your words, right? Think about that, right? You're a Maureen because someone gave you a word and enough people agreed upon it. You know, um, think about the power of words of like you pass a house for sale versus sold, married versus divorced. Words create your world. So when I heard this something, nothing, I said, that's it. I'm going to recreate this thing they call cancer, and I'm going to call it a something, nothing. So when I left the meeting, I jumped on the phone with my doctor. I said, doctor, listen, uh, we're going to recreate what this thing is going to be called. I want you to tell your team that when you're working with me, we are no longer calling this thing cancer. We're going to call it a something, nothing. He said, I'm, I'm down for that. So he enrolled his team. I called my kids. I said, hey, this is what's going on. We're gonna, when I actually sat down with my kids, I said, this is what's going on. We have a something, nothing. And from that, I recreated it. And that's what we went about um, looking at, looking at it as. Wow, that's, that's awesome. I love that. But I also love your take on that your words create your world. Yeah. Because so many of us get caught up in language. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big believer that language is powerful. You know, and we have to be careful with the words that come after the two most powerful words, I think, which is I am, mm -hmm. right? So the words that follow I am, you know, I am tired. I am, you know, all those words will start creating a reality for us. So for me, um, the word cancer just felt heavy to, to people around me. Um, and, and for me, I wanted to recreate it and bring up the level of consciousness behind it. So you know, I think that all words are the most powerful things. It's how we create our life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's how we shifted the diagnosis. So I, I love the, 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 the vision that you've created of your, your surgeon. I think he sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think we are, all of us that have had cancer or have had any surgical experience, your surgeon is your kind of, oh, my, my surgeon's the best surgeon. But some of them are really quite... Um, they are phenomenal in not only their skill and expertise, but in their patient relationship management. Um, some are better than others, obviously. Um, but I love the bow tie and the whole thing. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he really was great, you know, and I think that even if, you know, he was communicative, so he, he let me know what was going on, which is helpful for anyone going through something like this. And don't get me wrong, I, I never want to minimize anything people are going through. I, I just understand it as a choice. I have mm -hmm. a choice in, in my perspective of how I go about it. And if your doctor isn't communicating, it's our responsibility to ask questions, right? This is our health. And, and for me, it's very important. I asked a lot of questions and he was, he was very helpful. So. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, no. So one, one of the things that I'm also keen for people to take away from any of these conversations that we have is around feeling that they have a right to have some level of control. Because yeah. um, certainly for pre previous generations, my, my, my parents included, particularly my father, would would think that they had no no right to ask or question anybody in authority, particularly uh, any kind of medical type of uh, person. Anything that a GP or a doctor would say to him, they would take it. He would take it as read, and there was no he he wasn't part of the the equation. He was just the it was happening to him type of scenario. So um, what what I felt like um and it started from actually from my own the moment they actually were trying to unpack the diagnosis for me i actually stopped the conversation because you've got to understand that these consultants and, and surgeons they get a breadth and and the whole gambit of um life wanders through their door on a day-to-day -day basis and they have no idea how anybody's going to receive the information yeah. so they tend to take the, the slowest and the, the calmest and the, the most gentlest way. And of course, this was freaking me out. I'm going, would you just stop? <laughs> right, right. I'm going, just tell me what's going on and then I can, then I can manage it for myself. So I, I was taking control even from that moment in time. Others don't feel quite so uh, empowered to do so. But um, I think it's important that, 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 Patients, no matter what they're being diagnosed with, feel that they are, they're, they're part of the, the dialogue rather than it being just a, a, a kind of, here, here's, your, here's your diagnosis, you know, we'll, we'll fix it. You don't have to get involved in this. Whereas actually, it's very much in, an involvement because obviously it's your body, it's, it's your life that, that we're discussing here. So that, that I think is a key, a key factor for me. So I'm assuming given that you look the picture of health in front of me, that um, things have gone relatively well? Yeah, right. things have gone well. And, and first, like your last point, uh, you're spot on 100%. So I think taking responsibility for your health is huge. And one thing, as you were talking to me, was um, you know, I had to, because sometimes you get into the doctor's office and you get caught up in, you know, there's so many things that, and then you get out of the office and say, I wish I would have asked them that. So one thing that helped me was before I went to every appointment, I literally wrote down questions that I wanted to, to, to ask them. And that helped me get over the like, just whirlwind of stuff was happening. And, and, and so I, I, I love what you said. And as far as my health, yes, I mean, I am grateful. I'm not a whirlwind of, of health like you. You look way better than me at this point <laughs> in the podcast. But, but I am healthy. Um, the doctor called me about three weeks later. Uh, they, they took the test post-surgery, and, you know, they were very excited. They said, Devin, we have some great news. I said, well, tell me. So my surgery, they went in and took part of my kidney. They didn't take the whole kidney, but they took the cancerous part out. 
Um, so I was grateful they were able to keep one, uh, one and a half. And uh, so they called me back and said, we have good news. The cancer is all gone and it's nowhere to be found anywhere in your body. And uh, so I didn't have to do any follow-up other than I go to the doctor every few months for the next five years, obviously, to get that kind of follow-up. And before the doctor hung up, you know, these Western medicine doctors who really don't have a spiritual angle or conscious. So, so they said, you know, the doctors and I have been talking about you. I said, really? I hope they've been saying nice things. And she said, yeah. She said, you know, Devin, we knew the doctor said he knew you were going to be okay. And I said, well, how would he know that? And she said, we were talking about it and we, we just knew because something about your spirit. And, and I, I joked with the doctor. I said, don't look now, you know, you Western medicine doctors, y'all coming over to the other side, the spiritual side. And they laughed. Um, and I think for me, it just highlighted um, the practice, right, of who we're being every day. It, you know, it, it's to me, the, my philosophy is be, do, have, you know, uh, oftentimes people want to know what do I need to do first, but it's really who do you need to be? And for me, I wanted to be a beacon of light, no matter what was going on through this process. So for me, I created kind of the something, nothing for me. I created I, I, beforehand. I said, I wrote out what would be my experience in the hospital. I wanted to have the liveliest hospital room and and what happened was we created that there's a guy in a wheelchair rolled in at one point and was like who the heck are you like you it's so you know lively in here and and for me that is what life is about of creating creating it rather than thinking um you're a victim of circumstance so are you a creator or a reactor so i'm grateful to say i'm healthy um, um, you know, it's, it's really been an, an opportunity for me to reconnect even more with my body, my thinking. Um, and, and, and I'm just grateful to be on, on shows like this to, to really share the story. And I think with the power of this podcast, Maureen, and what you're doing is, you know, a lot of people suffer in silence and, and oftentimes it's important for people to share their stories, the good, the bad, whatever they went through, their, their fear because it allows someone to hear it um, and say, you know what, if they got through it or, or if they were able to create it in a positive way, maybe I can do that. So I just want to just point that out of how powerful this story, uh, uh, this podcast and, and what you're doing out here in the world is. Yeah, thank you for that, Devin. That's really, really kind of you to say so. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, you're a leadership coach. and You talk about leadership, that fatherhood is, is, is leadership. Um, for me, I, I think the um, the experience that you've just been through, will, and and how you shared it with your your family, your children, um, I think it, it's it's almost like we're 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 showing, or you've been demonstrating to your family that that there is a different way of being around this crazy world that that gets banded around across the across the globe. Um, Heather and Yon, and, and, and people to pick it up differently. Uh, do, you want to, do, you want, do you want to kind of unpack li a little bit about how, how you shared it with your family and how they received it? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, I mean, it was a powerful experience to kind of share it with my, I have three children, 21, 17, and eight, and, um, and to sit down with them, you know, I, I, my fatherhood is leadership, you know, I wrote a book on it. And for me, the, the distinction is that leadership like fatherhood or motherhood isn't about your title. You know, the old do as I say, not as I do kind of leadership is outdated. 
it's really about leadership is about influence. It's about how your words and your actions match up with who you're being. And for me, this was a great opportunity to, to model for my children that look, there's stuff that's gonna happen in life that is unforeseen, that we may not have rooted for, uh, we probably wouldn't sign up for, and it's who you're being through these circumstances that allows you to grow into the person you're meant to be. So for me, it was really showing the, my children that you know, I, was, I was taking ownership of this in a way that it wasn't gonna get me down, I was gonna be honest about it, and, and, and if I had days where I was struggling, like I was, um, I was very sure to surround myself with people who would be uplifting. Um, so the communication between my children, I was open for all questions. I had them involved through the process. Um, they wrote me like cards and letters. And we, we, the, the weekend before my surgery, we had a big party. Um, where they came and we just made it a celebration of life rather than some doom and gloom fear And I think that that's a choice, right? Nobody, you know, you don't have to do what I did and and I just felt like it was a better alternative than sitting around acting like I may be dying, right? So mm -hmm. so for me that that I think it was powerful for my children and I'm just so proud of them because at those that age, it's it's not easy, right? They they have their own fears, and um, my daughter, my and my two sons, just they they were a real strength throughout throughout it. And and for me, their laughter was everything, and uh, it, it was just a great experience. I think it, it's going to help them when things come up in their life um, that you know could be tough. That they're going to see that like there's a way to be that it doesn't have to like take you out. Sure. Uh, that's fabulous. I, I really like that. That kind of, um, the, the, kind of the way you've ex shared the experience. I saw some fabulous pictures on Facebook the other day, um, Devon, about your daughter's graduation. Not only is she a stunner, she's a gorgeous-looking young lady, but she she's about to embark on her life. And um, here's you know, fingers crossed, as they say in the UK, um, touch wood and all of those types of things. But there's no touch wood in all of this. Yeah. It's a, um, she may or she may not come, come up against um, kind of cancer in her world, but having had her father go through the experience and, and seeing how he's almost changed the whole modus operandi of how you should work around cancer, I think is a phenomenal thing to demonstrate to anybody, but to your children uh, is just... Second to none. So uh, my hats off to you, young man. Kudos to you. I think you've done an amazing job there. Thank you, Maureen. I you talked. You talked about your spiritual practice and how. I mean, it's it's clearly important to you and how impactful that was to your um, the whole experience of of your cancer. Um, do you want to say any more about that, or have we covered that? Yeah, I mean, I, for me, there's you know, throughout the years, I've just taken on different. Um, I'm a big believer that if I own my mornings, I'm going to own my days. And, and there's certain practices that I want to be able to do to take care of myself before I go out there and be of service to my children of the world. And for me, it's, it's kind of like the analogy of um, a cup. And in New York, we call it a, a saucer, right? Mm -hmm. But in the UK, it's like a saucer, I think, right? It's, you know what I mean? The teacup and 
I've yeah, got you. We've got just you. Get, get my language from New yeah. York. We call it a saucer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so for me, the analogy of, a, of practice, spiritual practice, morning routine, there's certain things that I'll do is that oftentimes as, as leaders, as parents, as people who are coaches or serve in the community, a lot of people keep serving people out of a cup. And then eventually their cup gets empty. And that's when they get burnt out or they have roller coasters of success. And for me, having a practice in the morning and, and throughout my day of whether it's meditation or journaling or reading or everything that I put in is a, is a way for me to fill the cup. And what I want to do each day is fill the cup so much that there's an overflow. Because when there's an overflow, the overflow will go on the saucer. And now when I serve my children, serve my family, serve the community, I'm no longer serving from my cup. I'm, I'm serving from the saucer so my cup will never get empty. So for me, that's the practice that, that I want to make sure that I take care of me so I can take care of others. Wow, that's a beautiful, beautiful analogy. I love that. That's, I'm going to steal that. Um, steal like a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I shall. I shall borrow it with intention. Um, <laughs> um, there was. I had another question, and it's kind of clean gone out of my head. Um, you talked about a celebration of life, and uh, and I think you've demonstrated that with a plum just now in this conversation. Um, are there any parting words you'd like to share with, with my audience, Devin? Yeah, I, I, uh, I just want to first acknowledge them for tuning in to such a great podcast. I think that the fact that they're listening to this um, and they're looking to find answers within themselves is a beautiful, is a beautiful way to look at life. For me, life and celebrating life is all about continuing to be curious right? So the curiosity of listening to this podcast or, or finding out more about yourself and others, to me, is the joy of life. So what I've learned is really the joy is, is always present. It's right here, right now. It's not really a destination. Um, it, it really is this powerful journey we're on. So I just want to give them a shout out, acknowledge them for tuning into a powerful person like you. Um, and I'm just grateful to be here. Fantastic. Um well, you, you said early on that you stayed present. Well, I think we've been very present in this particular conversation. So thank you for your time, your energy, your enthusiasm, and your story today, Devin, because I think it's a powerful message. If anybody wants to contact you, is it a good way to do that? Yeah, I'm on all, mostly all social media. My name's Devin, D-E-V-O-N, Bandison, B-A-N-D-I-S-O-N. You can catch me at devinbandison.com. Um, and also my book is called Fatherhood is Leadership, which you can get at Barnes and Nobles or Amazon. So Fantastic. So thank you again for your time today, Devin. It's been an absolute pleasure. And for my, my listeners, the next episode of Taking the Fear Out of Cancer will be following very soon. Thank you for now.